You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Rock on Rockies and Padres fans, welcome into a Locked On Podcast crossover event between myself, Paul Holden, and Javier Reyes of the Locked On Padres podcast, the NL West juggernaut, so once great rivalry of teams, now one that's uh, not so much, I think, a rivalry, at least this season, for sure. We wanted to come together to talk about... uh, the mindset of the Colorado Rockies owner and the mindset of the San Diego Padres owner. And I'll let Javier introduce himself in such here in such a, in just a moment. But I wanted to let you know that today's episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more when you visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Javi. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great because I am somewhat fired up because who doesn't enjoy? Who doesn't adore? Just it's it's the stew of life to mock billionaires for doing dumb things. I mean, it's <laughs> is it not what we have to live for? And it's so great, Paul. Not, not only is Tatis with me, of course, everybody from my show. Look in the description if you want to check out the bobblehead. <laughs> I also brought back the robe i'm bringing back the friar robe for those on youtube because i felt like this was a good occasion that's right he's back it's been a while since i've rocked the the friar robe as i did my show which i used to record in like my bedroom that's why i always had it (laughs) and i want to use it because look dick monfort um famously um wrong i think all the time (laughs) And I, I yes. just think that it, it made sense because not that the Padres need defending. You know, I don't think there's a single person, literally a single person that is going to see what Dick Botford said the other day and be like, yeah, man, that guy knows what he's talking about. I don't think there's a single person, but nonetheless, we're podcasters and it's fun to talk about stuff like this. It's a good way for us to just do a crossover because it's been a while. I haven't had some Rockies talking a while, so I'm excited. Absolutely. And we're going to dive into more than just this, too. I want to get uh, Javi's thoughts on the Rockies in general. Obviously, of course, the Padres uh, and and their hopes and wishes and chances for this. Because there's still a little bit of weirdness with the Padres, especially with uh, as the bobblehead is kind of points out the the elephant in the room kind of is Tatis and what his 2023 looks like with the controversy and missing time and this, that, and the other thing. But before we get that, I want to head over here. And uh, this is from the Denver post here. Uh, and this is Dick Monfort speaking with the Denver post uh, about uh, some of the actions of the owners. And this is a, a quote from it here. Uh, he was at the a community event this weekend and he says that puts a lot of pressure on us. Monfort said, but it's not just the Padres. It's the Mets. It's the Phillies. This has been an interesting year. What the Padres are doing. I don't a hundred percent agree with though i know that our fans probably agree with it we'll see how it works out i look at the padres and they have a really talented team but they have some holes too they've got three maybe four starting pitchers wow that sounds like a lot more than the rockies have and then they're sort of like us they have joe musgrove blake snell and you darvish so i don't know they have spent a lot of money and they will have to spend a lot more if they want to keep outfielder juan soto but it does put a lot of pressure on you 
Yes, it does. How am I supposed to sit here and be confident? It's like, well, you know, they're out there. These comparisons, this is the frustrating thing. I thought the Rockies were buying in to a down year. Finally, they were making smart moves. I, 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 why I praised the Rockies front office last week was I said, this is the type of year to make a bunch of low shift out your utility guys, take some new prospects, go young. Don't do anything too crazy because you have four prospects. You you have so much you're figuring out at the Rockies. Plus, you're dealing with the dreaded Dodgers and the this locked and loaded Padres lineup. So now to sit here and say they're just like us, that can't be further from the truth, Javi. The Padres and the Rockies can't be any further apart in terms of not only talent, but the way they run their front office, the way they view their organization. The similarities between these two teams are long gone. Look, Paul. Look, this is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this greatly. <laughs> I would say that over the last few years, I think Padres fans would agree. You know, that's some of the best moments, you know, 2020, we get Slam Diego. We get, you know, you trade for Juan Soto. And then at the time, he stinks. We don't have to talk about him. But, like, the trades for Clevenger, then the trades for Darvish. And these are big names. And we're like, what is going on? The trade for – and then the signing of Xander Bogarts, right? Like, all these big things. Aside from wheeling and dealing King, AJ Preller, my favorite thing about the Padres these past few years is just how absolutely tearful and upset they have made some people that they are trying. It's almost like not even a stay in your lane thing. There's so many people who are like, what is going on? Why are they spending money? What happens here? I thought they were the lowly pa- and a lot of reason for that is because I think that there's a lot of insecurity surrounding a pretty good amount of owners in baseball that they don't like that they're kind of showing you up. Them and Steve Cohen. I think that the Padres ownership and the Mets are a little bit similar. Mets mm-hmm. is at least it's like, well, that's like a pretty historically big franchise. You know what I mean? Padres are not, you know, I'm just sorry. Sorry, guys. Like they don't have the historical relevance as other teams in baseball, but they share a similarity, which is like all the you get all these little pot shots, like, wow, they're really spending a lot of money, or they're spending that much money to finish in third place, or whatever, because famously baseball and any sport is predictable. So you should just not try. Um, and I just think that it's really because there's an insecurity because they're realizing fans are realizing, like, yo, we could every team could go out and sign at least a I'm not saying Dodgers. I'm not even saying Padres and not not even the Mets, but you can't convince fans really, at least the smart ones that people have been paying attention, like the Baltimore Orioles types who are like, we have a good farm, got some good talent. Why is our payroll 40 million? You know what I mean? I think that, and that's what owners don't like. They don't like that. There are some people and showing them up and being the Padres are even more impressive because they really were one of those teams. They were an Orioles. They were a Brewers. They were a Guardians. And then one day, new ownership came in and was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's, like, not do that. Like, let's try and spend a little bit. And I know that's not as easy for some teams like Tampa. But even at Tampa, very hard to convince. And when you look at numbers, they they always hide when they make record profits. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's a big thing in every well, industry. And, 
And Momford says it himself in this quote. What the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with, though I know that our fans probably agree with it. We'll see how it works. Of course they ag- we agree with it. Of course they agree with it. Because <laughs> the thing that also circles back is, why did you sign Chris Bryant then? Yeah. If you are willing to sign one of the biggest deals in the offseason last year, what were you doing this year? Why are you willing to set that precedent? Why are you willing to, I mean, if Dick Momfort had the same mind, had a different mindset and bought into the team that he actually drafted and developed and made the big trades and made the big splashes and built around his team like he promised his stars he would do and then went out and got uh, Daniel Murphy to play first base is the big acquisition. Or Ian Desmond, one of the two, either one. (laughs) Yeah, or Ian Desmond, and completely relying on just Royals bullpen. Like, the Rockies can't sit here and go, this makes me so upset because it's, Mm -hmm. you mentioned the Rays. They're fighting for their life for some relevance. The Rockies have a TV deal and radio deal lined up. They got downtown prime real estate in Denver right there. And guess what? They were the worst team. Uh, you remember You remember the record for the Rockies last year, Javi? It was about 68 wins. Yeah. Where, where, where do you think they ranked in attendance last year? I'm going to say top eight. Tenth. Tenth. That's a top That's ten bad. in attendance team mm-hmm. because people go to Denver. The, yeah. the money's there. His son is out there buying up property all over Denver. The Momforts <laughs> own so much stuff. And then they come out and they say, this is a 500 ball club. And and Javi, I want you to answer that question for me. Maybe during the break, you'll give you a sec to go look at the Rockies roster right now. And you tell me if this is a 500 caliber team. And while you do that, I'm going to tell you about our brand new sponsor, someone we are really excited to be working with here, folks, on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel has you covered for everything you need for the big game. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, well, guess what? It's the best time to get involved because they have the features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score the touchdown. And if you got baseball on the brain, why don't you go put a bet on the the Padres currently sitting at plus 1,000 to win the World Series over on FanDuel if you're curious about some future bet. The Colorado Rockies are currently sitting at plus 20. So the odds a little bit different between our two teams. You can also bet on the NL West winner here. The uh, the Padres currently sitting at plus 140 to win the NL West. The Colorado Rockies plus 15,000. <laughs> our friends at FanDuel uh, have you covered for everything. They might not uh, believe in the Rockies, but that's okay. You can get your first bet, uh, a no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 when you head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the nfl javi uh before we talked about the, those odds just make you laugh and set the stage honestly for the question 
the people think the Rockies are gonna suck this year and the Rockies aren't going to be great but I have a hard time believing the Rockies are going to be worse than the team that was on the field last year. Uh, I don't necessarily, they're, they're not a very different team, uh, but they they have some interesting things that'll make them better. But Dick Montfort's kind of our big thing. And we talked in the first ta- mm-hmm. segment about how he upset about the Padres for trying, which is completely outlandish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just another long list of ridiculous things of, of, of Dick Montfort just, missing the point i mean again he thinks he's the small market guy and denver's not a small market anymore i i I just don't think that we can sit here and call this called denver small market and for the rockies they have an entire region they can cover Mm -hmm. you know the closest team is arizona and then you got to go down into texas there's there's a whole chunk of the united states the rockies could dominate but but frankly they don't and this team isn't going to help you do that either hey look the alleged, like both of our fan bases, the the attendance for games is absolutely phenomenal. Yours, I would argue, might even be more impressive considering they haven't been very good for a while. The Padres have had a good um, attendance for a while, but it's like really spiked ever since they started doing something. Something that maybe other teams should take note of. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe fans respond to that. And it's fans want to watch like, good baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I've been talking about on my show a lot is that baseball culture and ownership and whatever you want to has really successfully morphed everyone into thinking that the paying and spending is the only strategy that has a downside and that there's no downside to just building your farm. No, no, no. There's no downside for the owner. When you do it that way, there are plenty of teams that try rebuilding and it explodes. It doesn't do well. You know what I mean? Or it does work and then they give up and then they reset again, i.e. Cleveland, Oakland, teams like that, right? Oakland loves being in the second round of the playoffs and then they're like, oh, that was it. It's like, no, actually, you, could, you could actually just reside Josh Donaldson. You know what I mean? Like you can nope. actually just do that. Um, so that's a big part of this. And they've convinced people that, oh, it's bad. And people are the Nationals and Strasburg, such a bad contract. Well, they won. So who cares, right? I think that with the Rockies this season, I will say, though, I don't think they're going to every single time we expect some team to be historically bad. It just never goes that way. It's always like, it's just hard. Like it's hard as just as much as hard to win like a hundred something games. It's kind of hard to like break the all time losing record. Baltimore was somewhat close that one year. I think they were one of the worst defensive teams ever. Um, It was like 2016, 2017. I forgot which year it was um, when they were bad, but I don't know. I mean, you still got Chris Bryant there. You've still got um, what's his face? I think Connor is Connor Joe still on the team. No, Connor Joe traded actually. This he lost his spot. He didn't play much in the back half of the year. The 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 prospects oh, no. took over. He cooled off. Unfortunately, I mean, it was oh, just a yeah. It was yeah. So it, everyone was sad. It, yeah, we <laughs> we all loved Connor Joe around here around here too. But it was a trade where it's like, well, do we want Connor Joe or do we want him to block top? Uh, outfield prospects from getting playing True. time and it's like nah. see that's that's what like you said everyone sits here and has the rockies uh, i think i saw some number at like a 62 win total for the rockies and i'm like folks the rockies won 68 games last year and they had to finish the year in california with a back-to-back sh- with six straight games against the dodgers a series against san francisco and i'm pretty sure they were in san diego earlier that month too and it's now don't remind the- me yeah, that's the, the Rockies. That Rockies can look forward to the Padres. The Rockies will always be well. The Rockies will always be a pain for the Padres, and it will always bring me great joy. But 
but this is a team again chris bryant should play a full season and people are going to say the rockies are going to be worse with chris bryant in the lineup that's crazy this is a team that desperately needs when he was in the lineup he was helping offense be generated he's going to change he's going to help the rockies win two or three one-run ball games because of a late big hit. Chris Bryant didn't hit a home run at Coors Field last year. He played like five yeah. games at Coors Field, and we're going to say that's not going to have an impact. Like he played five games the whole season. Like, Yeah, you know, I mean, like, yeah. it, it really felt like Chris Bryant, the majority of his time is on the road. They, they have exciting prospects. I keep seeing, and, and they put up a, a graphic for MLB, I think, and they said the Rockies' best player this year it's going to be Ezekiel Tovar. And I was like, that'd be great. <laughs> that, which is yeah, the Rockies awesome. top prospect. Who's going to be the starting shortstop for, for those that aren't familiar. Uh, Jose Iglesias is not going to be with the team. The Rockies are it, all signs are pointing to saying, we are giving you the keys to be the starter uh, at shortstop for the Rockies and kind of just give him a go. If he, if he's the best player and he's putting up rookie of the year candidate. Awesome. But, I don't think people realize that the Rockies have potentially a top three. If not, I, this is Homer Rockies coming in here. <laughs> One of the best, if not the best second baseman in baseball, Brendan Rogers is legit. Brendan Rogers is very, very, better too. very That's the thing. He got better as time went along. And I like he Rogers. went. He was historically bad to start the year where yes. the point where people were trying to send him back to triple A. I mean, Everyone batting under a hundred. <laughs> like yeah. yeah if you drafted him in fantasy i'm sure it was a nightmare but then you just see the season mm -hmm. and you're just like it, it's not it's Get not a jump from yeah. sub 100 to mid 200s he was batting over he became arguably the rockies best offensive threat at the be at the end of the season after being a, a detriment to the team and so the rockies are going to be not great, but can they win 71 games if everything goes well? Yeah. I don't think they're 500. Dick Monfort's feeding us a load, you know, a whole other thing. This this team is not going to – this team is going to finish fifth in the NL West, and they're not going to – you know, they're not going to do anything special. Some people might sit here and think, and, and this will be me a little bit, if the stars perfectly align and the Rockies really, really do well, benefiting on this road schedule with not playing so much the NL West in, the, in there – can the stars align for a third wild card appearance? Sure, because the Phillies were terrible and got all the way to the World Series. But the Phillies also had decided, hey, we have a bunch of MLB ready people who can hit the ball 900 feet. So we're just going to out hit everybody and see where that takes us. And it went there. The Rockies right now, what they what they've said this offseason, which I, I agreed with. And now they're trying to hype it up was. We're going to bring in our young guys. We're going to let our young guys play and we're going to see what we have with this crop of really important prospects. And then we can go from there. And now we got to sit here and listen to them saying, ah, oh, we're going to be a 500 team. We're going to be competing. And that was the exact messaging I wanted them to avoid this year because that's a lie. This is not a 500 caliber ball club. Yeah. I mean, it would take a lot for things to break right, right? I mean, you would have to have a Giants 2021-esque type of thing where just all the things that every cylinder fires. But even that team, it's like, well, that's the Giants. And they had some stuff heading into the year. But it would take a lot, and not to mention the whole stuff with Coors Field and whether or not they can ever get a good pitcher that's ever going to play there. I don't know. I it's it's gotten to the point with Coors Field where I do start to wonder, like, do they just need to have a new stadium? Because it's just <laughs> like I don't remember the. Le I know Herman Marquez is all right, but like it just feels like even him, like his stats will get inflated because Coors can be a nightmare. I don't know. I think that with the Rockies. The one thing I will give them is the NL West is pretty loaded, not just with the Padres and the Dodgers, but San Francisco, 
they could be okay. They can be like a fringy team. I like Michael Conforto a lot. I think Mitch Haniger could hit a lot of bombs. And, you know, they are still just a little bit removed from, you know, 100 win season. So they could be at least a frisky sort of team. And then Arizona, which has a ton of prospects that are coming up, and some of them have already proven themselves. They've got an elite first baseman. Man, I wish I had that for a while. Let me tell you. You know what I mean? Like, and I know a lot of people might be hearing you about the Brendan Rodgers thing, but second base isn't exactly a loaded position in baseball right now. So it wouldn't shock me. Like, hey, there's a breakout every year. You know what I mean? We have this all the time. It could happen that Brendan Rodgers is that sneaky guy that's staring right in front of us, goes out, hits 20 bombs, you know, hits 290, 340 on base or whatever. I don't know. Maybe cleans up some defense stuff. It's not impossible. Every team is going to at least have someone good. You know what I mean? It has to happen. Even the A's probably have someone good. Eh, sort of. But you get my <laughs> point, right? Like, right. So Brandon Rodgers, I don't. I think that's a really good, like, bold prediction that like he'll be an All Star or something like that. I like Brandon Rodgers a lot. He's um, he's my pick. He's my pick for the Rockies All Star. But uh, let's go from a lineup with the what? Who's going to be the lone All Star? To this, <laughs> my, this team might be starting uh, half oh, of the uh, the All Star lineup. But yeah. if you're looking for an All Star snack, you got to go and check out Built Bar because they got. Everything you're looking for in a delicious treat, but not all the fat and calories. They, we, you know, we just got through the holidays. It's January. You're trying to keep the new year momentum going on. I think we get two more days of getting to talk about the new year before we can't do it. But Built Bar is going to keep you in those new year, new rhythm, new mojo you got going on because they're going to help you kick that snacking habit with a delicious treat covered in 100% real chocolate. How are you going to benefit from eating 100% real chocolate? Well, Built Bar's got you covered because they got all these delicious flavors and their macros are incredible. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And that features flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to just head to built.com for the box. You can head to Sam's Club. You can head to Walmart and get your built bar fixed today. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four pack, a four pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, why not go check out the 13 bar box there? And you can even find more options at built.com. Don't miss out on a delicious built bar today javier reyes paul holden here locked on podcast network crossover here thank you for making us your first listen of the day go check out our guy Lindsey crosby locked on mlb prospects he's going to take care of everything you need on farm systems always a hit on the show too uh and and, and javi rockies are leaning on some prospects Padres, on the other hand, they're looking to unload a lineup of all-stars. And, and again, I'm jealous because this, this is what's fun. The offseason goes faster and is more fun because you can sit there the whole time waiting for opening day and be like, oh, boy, here goes Machado, Soto, and the boys coming out to, to do some damage in what should hopefully be a special year for, for the San Diego Padres in 2023. Absolutely. I mean, look, look, here's the thing. I actually think that Look, we, we were ranting on Dick Mont for a lot, and it is true that, look, spending money blindly, it, it will have a downside sometimes. You could have these albatross contracts. You could be the Angels, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Angels are a great example of like, oh, man, they would they love spending, and in fairness, they could spend a little bit more, but they always, they've been missing on a lot, whether it be Justin Upton, whether it be Albert Pujols, whether it be Anthony Rendon. It's possible, right? And it's possible that that does affect the Padres, but 
the lineup, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it was so funny when I heard the Xander Bogarts announcement because I have been saying for years, hey, it's all right. Let's make some solid, like, middle B-plus tier guys. Let's go out and get Michael Conforto, which I still love that guy. I think he's going to be awesome. Let's go out and get him. And instead, they go out and get one of the biggest stars on the market <laughs> who has carried the Red Sox. And it was such a legendary move that it apparently just confused Heim Bloom. Like, well, people wanted Xander Bogarts? Everyone, seriously. I, th- I think that Boston Globe story is going to be talked about for like 10 years. Heim mm-hmm. Bloom sitting in the airport. Red Sox uh, general manager being like just dumbfounded that, they, that he lost. I really think that that's going to be one of the all-timers. But with the Padres, I think there's definitely some flaws. Uh, Dick Monfort is right about that. Um, if we have to give him credit. The flaws on this team are that Starting rotation scares you a little bit. I don't want to do a what am I a like really obnoxious like jerk takes over the past few years is I hate that everyone keeps saying we need a, we need a starting pitcher as like their needs. It's like well every team needs a starting pitcher. So right. let's let's do this in degrees. You know what I mean? Are you a let's say a Rockies right now where it's like oh my god we need starting <laughs> pitching or is it the Padres where it's like yeah we could just use some arms. You know what I mean? Because with Darvish with Musgrove and with um, Blake Snell. That's an awesome three, but Darvish is getting older, Snell injury issues, and he's been really inconsistent over um, the first half in terms of his Padres tenure. Musgrove is fine, but then you're like, all right, can Nick Martinez do it as a starter? A lot more effective as a reliever. Same thing with Seth Lugo. So there are some flaws there. They're not at DEFCON 1, oh my God, go sign Rodon, but they are at a level where it's like there's a, there's a universe in which the Padres could be in trouble starting pitching-wise. But that leads me to the last thing. I think the most underrated thing. Your buddy Dick Monfort, speaking of Mr. Uh, spending money is bad, famously spent like 90 gajillion dollars out of bullpen. And they somehow... The Super I Bullpen! Mean, it's... First of all, look, I'm not going to fault the specific signings. Like, I look, it's not a bad idea to be like, hey, let's go get those guys who were awesome for the Royals. But I don't know how you managed to overpay each of them. And then you also... How do you get negative war out of all of the... It's actually, I almost cursed, remarkable <laughs> that they managed to get negative wins out of all those guys. And I think Ian Desmond was part of that too. And so well, it's the whole, that whole that whole package of <laughs> the, the, the people they built around, of the, the great talent they drafted and developed, all were the worst, if not the literally the worst players at their position that those years. <laughs> and then... It was rough. And then as John Heyman so eloquently pointed out, you know, the Padres have Soto and Bogart and Darvish and Machado. And then the Rockies, the superstars play for the Cardinals right now. Um, it's it's rough. It's rough. It's really rough out here for Rockies fans, fans that I really do enjoy because I love the purple dinosaur stuff. I love uh, the name of the mascot that I'm afraid to say for some reason right now. I just don't, I, I, I'm too scared. I, it just feels like it brings back that mojo from that day. Um but yeah, I, I think that the most underrated thing about the Padres is is the bullpen. And I think the bullpen can help salvage any potential issues with the starting rotation that I'm still curious to see if they add another arm that could just give them innings. You know, not, not, not like an impact player, but just someone who's going to go out and give you innings. Waka is another name out there, right? We'll, we'll see how it kind of goes, unless he's signed. Michael Waka signed? I don't think he did. I anyway. I can't remember anything. Here. Yeah. But, but you have the mindset, at least, of... The Padres might not be perfect, but you can start the season that way. 
you can start the season and see what you're going to get from Darvish in this season and the consistencies. Because if I recall, Darvish had a pretty darn good year last yeah, year. And incredible. Snell, yeah. I know, had moments of, of greatness, but also moments of like, what in the world yeah. is going on with, with Blake Snell? He seems to be a different player. But they have the mindset of they'll either make a trade at the deadline to a, a, yeah. a splashy trade at the deadline to, to enhance. They're not afraid, like you said, to spend some money. Maybe they get to spring training and someone gets cut or something like that. And they, and they bring someone in. They just have options. Whereas the Rockies have closed the door. They've already said, you know, and that's one other thing that they, they've Bill Schmidt has mentioned that this team is basically put together. And I just don't know how you sit there as Dick Momford. And you named, how many all-stars at least, I mean, we'll Ooh. see how many all-stars are from this team that, that happened are there, but how many former all-stars at least, or players that have achieved yeah. all-star status are I mean, on the MVP Padres candidates, not even yeah. just all-stars, but MVP candidates. And I personally think Machado should have won last year. Uh, and I think there reasons. was a strong case to be, to be made for, for Machado, of course, but you mentioned the Rockies MVP candidate plays for a different team <laughs> and he finished second, yeah, in, in second place. Um, so bad, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's um, so that's ahead, my big issue to kind of circle back about when you hear Momford talk like this, mm -hmm. it's a load of crap because you actually had the plan in place of we're going to be just, just admit to being bad for a year. It's not going to be the end of the world. Then you can say you can do all this stuff because if your prospects break out, then the Rockies are starting to build the same type of thing that they built when everyone else developed. If these four prospects that are coming up actually turn out to be solid MLB quality players like the last crop of three or four prospects that came up through the system that helped the Rockies, Arenado, Story, Blackman, and and such. I mean, the Rockies could could be in a spot to do something because I think the one thing that that the benefits the Rockies for being in this position versus the where the Dodgers and the Padres are, I think the regression is going to happen. Eventually, it doesn't matter. The Dodgers might always have that, but some sort of regression will happen. They'll miss out on the big signings because people are tired of the Dodgers not getting it done in the playoffs, et cetera. The Padres just miss out, you know, just because it's they they have this team, it doesn't work out. So there's the couple of years where they quote unquote rebuild or they're just reshuffling. So there's going to be moments where the Rockies can shine. It's just, will they actually take the steps to get there and fully buy in like the Padres have? Because they, and it also, it, I think the Padres, it all started with Machado. It, I mean, that yeah. was the first, once the Padres got Machado, they've never really slowed down on yeah. being one of the teams to land one of the biggest names in the offseason, trade deadline, anything. And no, you can no longer sit here and say, wow, the Padres are doing that. It's duh, the Padres are doing that. Yeah. They're tired of the That's Dodgers. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody enough. in the NL West is, the, is tired of it. The Diamondbacks will draft. The Giants will continue to sacrifice, I don't know, whatever they do to, to get these random seasons of greatness and their whatever crazy <laughs> stuff that they do to always stay relevant, they'll keep doing. The Rockies will keep spinning their tires and going backwards. But teams have to take shots at the Dodgers. And the Padres said, enough waiting around. We're going. We have great players. We have good enough things. And they can do it. So, Javi, I'm curious. It's too, it's super early. There is the question marks, but is this the year the NL West <laughs> heads to San Diego? Look, man, it's a tough question, but I will say they've done everything they can. And I think that while we, we've spent a lot of the pod talking about the, just how much they've spent and how much they've made moves again, underrated bullpen. Like I said, another underrated thing about the Padres, they've really done a great job at reloading. Um, like, 
don't get me wrong, they've had a lot of big trades. So Soto, and then they have big signings with Manny, and then they have big signings with Bogarts, and then you know they have the the trade for a little guy named Fernando Tatis Jr., 18 years old, right? But they've also had a lot of misses with Mike Clevenger, right? With um, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, like uh, with Eric Hosmer. I actually right. wish that I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> um, with Eric Hosmer signing, like they've had a lot of misses. Trey Turner famously was a Padres prospect. Anthony Rizzo, all these guys, right? But since AJ Preller took over, they've got a, done a really good job at reloading. And I'm bringing all this up to say it wouldn't surprise me if maybe halfway through the season at the deadline, you start getting these whispers that, ooh, Dylan Lesko is like breaking out, Padres prospect. You know what I mean? Maybe even Joshua Mears, whatever. Like they they've done a really good job that after they shed their farm, they they develop guys a decent amount. I'm not saying they're gonna be a top elite system. But could they be in like the top 18, 20? That's if you do that, then they have some ammo to make some moves, like you said earlier, to potentially ameliorate some of the concerns of the starting pitching or whatever, because you know someone's gonna be available. We didn't know Soto was available, and then all of a sudden he was. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious. I think do not underestimate the Padres' ability to still find a way to trade for another player at the deadline. And I think that's what makes them really exciting. They're not gonna be Milwaukee and be like, you know what? We're we're underperforming. We will trade our best player, even right. though we're they could be in first place. They're ahead of the <laughs> Dodgers, and they're like, you know what? We gotta trade. Uh, we gotta trade. Um, um, Soto now. You know what I mean? They're right. not gonna do that. And I think that feeling of commitment is what makes is an adage to this Padres roster, knowing that they will not just sit there and they're just gonna be like, oh, that was fun. You know, right. no, they're not gonna do that. I think it's great, and I can't wait to see. You know, the three of the top ten. Uh, leaders and odds according to FanDuel for the National League MVP are Padres. And then I think at number 14 is Xander Bogart. So that kind of illustrates it all right there. A spoil of riches. We, we, I want to, I want to wrap up, We, but we got to talk at least a little bit about him. Let's, let's end it here. Tati, give me the brief rundown of what 2023 looks like for, for Tatis. Everything I've heard and everything that's been reported and everything is that he was absolutely devastated by last year. I think you're going to see a really transformed kid, I th- which I think is a, a tiny bit of a loss for baseball because I think he's so much fun when he's being that cocky, you know, flamboyant personality. But I think he's going to keep it a little bit low key. I think he's going to be a lot more focused. And even if he's only 70 per 60 percent of what he is, it's like a four win player. And if you add that to what everything else is on this team, it's incredible, and obviously he's still super young and one of the best players in baseball when he is healthy and playing. I think we're going to have a really good season from him, and I just don't think it might – I don't know if it will be as loud. You know what I mean? I think that will come next year and the years after, down the line. I think this year is about getting back on track, focusing, quote-unquote, like sobering up. You know what I mean? He had all these mm-hmm. dumb mistakes that he made, mistakes that I think get a little bit – overblown like it's okay he didn't hit anybody or anything like that like it's okay <laughs> he, he took maybe I mean, some clubosterol or whatever the heck it was called like it's okay he'll be all right i'm really excited i think it's going to be something to watch and the tatis bogarts soto manny <laughs> it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun it's going to be fun, but they're still not going to be able to beat the Rockies at Coors Field in August when it counts. That's <laughs> definitely going to be the case. CJ uh, Crone, Padres killer. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, but, uh, Javi, I, I like that. I like the mindset of, of, about Tatis. I think one thing, too, that's going to be good for him is 
under the radar, he can fly, I guess, is, is something. It's yeah. not something what he gets to do. But there are so many names where Tatis doesn't have to be the guy. He can mm -hmm. he can not only come back, but he can learn from all those guys, too, about Absolutely. about stuff. And, and you mentioned Tatis is young, man. Are you really that surprised that a young kid was driving his motorcycle all crazy? Because yeah, I'm not. And uh, we're I'm rooting for the best <laughs> for him. He's better. for it's, The baseball is better when he is in it. And baseball is better because people like Javi cover it. You can find Javi. Javi, you do all sorts of baseball stuff. I'll let you tell people where they can find you and what you do. Yeah, I do all sorts of stuff, man. You can check me out at Javapedo, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. Padres only content will be on the Twitter. I've been tweeting about a whole bunch of random stuff on my main account, like, you know, comics and random dumb power <laughs> rankings that I come up with, just because it's the offseason, so I save that for the other account. Um, check me out at JustBaseball.com, where I write about all sorts of things. I'm going to be writing about Drake's and Profar next, which should be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, that that is uh, pretty much it. Uh, go check that out, man. Just baseball. Great website as well. Absolutely. You got it. The, the press needs to get deleted from the, 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 uh, we talked about this last time. You still have it in there. You cannot have depressed, locked on depressed Padres anymore because <laughs> you guys that. are sitting on cloud. So we should trade is when Tatis comes back. When Tatis oh, okay. he's got back, you. The name is off. Okay. It feels because I remember I took it off and then the, the suspension came out. So my thing is, it's a, a forever going to be tied to him, even though they're great. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a dumb thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to follow me, I'm at Paul Holden 33. You can follow uh, at LO Rockies, Locked On Rockies, Locked On Padres on YouTube. Your subscription there is a massive help for us. You can also find out more about uh, Mario Baseball. It's what I do a lot about uh, Mario yeah, Superstar Baseball online. If you want to go check out projectrio.online there. But, folks, this has been uh, the Locked On Podcast Network, talking Padres, talking Rockies, two teams that one owner thinks that there's a lot of similarities of, but reality says differently. Until next time, this is Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked On Podcast Network. Come on, come on.